Welcome to the Dad with Nerdy Ambitions podcast. I'm your host, Steve Pugh. Uh, Join with me tonight uh, for his second time on the show is the wonderful, the amazing, and the role-playing guide connoisseur, uh, Joshua Heath. Uh, Joshua, welcome back to the show. Uh, Sir, this is your second time on the show. This is the first time we don't have your counterpart, Josh Newton, on the show. Uh, So... I can't, I'm not going to have that confusion when we say like Josh or anything. Uh, yeah. I don't know how I'm going to, I don't know how I feel about that. That was kind of fun. Did we decide, was he evil Josh or were you I, evil Josh? I think we decided he was evil Josh. I remember that. Uses me. Yeah. Yeah. That does make a lot of sense. Um, so this is your second time on the show. Um, what have you been up to good, sir? I've been doing a lot of podcasting, a lot of game creation and a lot of horrible day job stuff um <laughs> i also decided to shut down one of my podcasts and okay. uh, that's a big deal uh, for me to be like you know what i'm just i'm finally done trying to make this project work i'm not excited reading these books i'm not excited doing these reviews so i shut it down and then my community was like hey we'll keep doing uh episodes so they've been recording uh, uh review episodes in my stead for werewolf the the podcast which is a werewolf the apocalypse podcast so that's going to be interesting as i get to step away and just kind of like see it happen um and still people will hopefully get their book reviews let me ask you this because that's an it's it's an interesting point right there that's an interesting thing that's happening because to me it's like as a DM, when I step away from like, hey, I don't want to D and D anymore or something, I like I if I need like, hey, I need a break. And you see your players and you see them progressing and doing the things you're doing. It's is it do you take it as like this? It's very neat to see that the the life and love is still there, or is it like, wow, you know, what goes through your mind on this? For me, it's definitely a sense of relief and hope and joy that other people are like this thing you've created is so great Mm -hmm. i want to learn the skills that you have to be able to keep doing it because Mm -hmm. i feel that they're like the one of the people is like i feel like the community needs this and we just need to have this exist and that's cool for other people to see the value in a thing and be like whatever it takes i will keep it rolling that's amazing now We've brought you on a show or on the show today to talk about uh, your you know, this uh, this new RPG that you are the producer of uh, for Army Men, a game of tactical pla- uh, plastic. As I screw up my words over here, um, I want to get into that, but I want to talk to you before we get into that about what Kevin and I have been up to because last time we brought you on the show, we were talking about LARPing. Yes. And the last couple episodes, we actually did an episode with these, uh, the, 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 the local uh, Vampires the Masquerade group here around here. Uh, and it was such a fun episode that Kevin was like, you know what? I want to do this. And we've done it. And Kev, you've done it twice now. Yeah. And I'm, I've done I'm, it three uh, times. Committed. I'm invested. I, it's, it's an amazing, <laughs> I'm really enjoying this. And I, I, you know, I, I wanted to kind of like touch on this a little bit with you because you are, you and our, our good friend, Josh Newton are like, you were my go-to guys for anything LARPing and because you have done it all and you have not to age you here, but how many years in Vampires the Masquerade? I mean, 
it's closer to 30 than it is 20. We'll just say that. <laughs> so, and, and you've done it from the storyteller point of view, and you've done it from the player's point of view. Yep. Uh, I've, I've been everything, you know, narrator, which is just like a helper to the actual head storyteller to some dude just walking in with a character sheet. Okay. Now, do you still do it? I have not LARPed in a little while pre-pandemic for me mm. and it was mostly because my life kind of got complicated and i'm like mm. oh this is cool but my last big game was the grand masquerade in 2016 so like i didn't go out small i went out big and then was just like <laughs> okay i'm gonna i'm gonna take a break from this and just have not yet had a chance to really get back into it seriously let me tell you what well first off let me say this um i'm 36 and I feel I, I we did this on what Saturday. I'm still recovering from that night. Like, it's not like <laughs> yes. listeners. Let me make this crystal clear. We're not going out and getting wild and crazy and wasted and doing all sorts of stupid stuff. No, it's a bunch of adults consensually playing pretend, and till two, like two in the morning. And you know you get home and you're still in that rush, so you don't get to bed till like maybe three. Yep, I'm old and i feel old <laughs> after these games because like god bless my wife like i dude I, I i come home and my kid my kids like my kids are assholes i'm just gonna straight up and say it like uh, kev i'm gonna say you're on the we same are line. dads with nerdy's ambitions Our <laughs> we kids are dads. dicks uh but the twins the twins woke me up like i got to bed around three the twins woke me up i want to say around six o'clock at the latest yep. it was yeah. 5 40 to six o'clock my wife tried to get up and take care of them and be there and all that stuff but you know once you're up it's like it's so hard to get back to bed and man i'm i'm still i think still recovering from it um now you said you did your last game in 2016 uh you played a character correct or were you a storyteller i, I did yeah i played um games in that and that the grand masquerades the it was white wolf's big event game mm. it was in new orleans um there were about 600 700 people at this convention there were seven or eight larps running um, throughout the weekend and then a big event game where everyone got to go um mm. so that that's like on a whole nother level and that the, now that I think about it a little bit, it's not the last LARP. That's the last mm. vampire LARP I did. Okay. Um, because I ran a LARP convention in 2018 um, called uh, HLGCon High Level Games. It's the company I run. Um, and at that event, there were a whole bunch of LARPs, and I played in one of the big parlor LARPs um, okay. there. How much different of LARPing is it from vampires because that's my that's my whole thing now like that's that's what, all i know um the coolest thing so just i will give a, a brief synopsis yeah. of some of the larps that happened right there was a larp where uh set in space at a space race like a pod racing event basically okay. um there was a game where people uh, at one point got set on fire i don't actually understand but it was a religious metaphor thing um, no okay. one actually physically got set on fire, but like the that was the thing that was happening in the story. Um, and then the game that I played in was set in an old casino where um, people were matched up with other players and ended up having to either kill each other or merge 
spiritually uh, to cross over because we were all actually dead and just didn't realize it. So nice. There is a big spectrum of the things LARP can do. And that was just, you know, a, a taste of some of the really bizarre but interesting like concepts there that weekend. That is very, very, very cool. Um, like I said, I'm very much enjoying it. Uh, Kev, you're playing a Nosferatu uh, nice. named Glatka. Uh, you know, what's your thoughts? For someone who's never LARP before and only some role playing in D&D specifically, it, and anyone listening that hasn't done it, it's not as weird as you might think it is. It's not like over top these people are, they live like vampires in real life. No, everyone's there. They're playing in a game. They're having fun. They're in character. They're acting. And it's, uh, I, you know, if someone says LARPing, you think nerds, nerds. No, it's, <laughs> it's normal. There are certainly nerds there. We're some of them. But it's uh, people just acting as a character uh, for a few hours a month. Yeah. it's It's been a blast. And I will say I'm definitely one of those nerds. Uh, uh, I, I definitely keep putting myself in the limelight. I, nice. I don't know if completely intentionally. <laughs> I do stupid stuff a lot. And that is what LARP is all about. <laughs> you do the ridiculous thing. You do the dumb thing because that's that generates all the story and people get into it and yeah. like buy well, in, it, right? It's 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 a black well, so like our last game, and because I, I, I want to get into about this uh this RPG, but like yeah, yeah. um our last game, we brought a new guy in because I brought I've brought like three, four people in total and this last guy, like he's my clan, and they're like, "Hey, you're going to be taking care of him." They gave, gave me a heads up, and then there, our primogen was supposed to introduce him, and he wasn't there because it was an, a storyteller playing another character. And I was like, "Okay, where is he at?" And like everybody was looking over in our direction, and I automatically assumed I was supposed to stand up as and introduce him, and I was like, "My prince, here is so and so," and like I'm bringing up, and everybody's looking at me like what did you just do you just did the dumbest thing in the entire world and i'm like oh i effed up good and i'm like and i just it was like crickets and i went and sat down afterwards and i'm sitting there going like oh my god i'm such an idiot i'm gonna get reamed and i was already in the limelight for some other things and we'll talk later about it and everything you'll get a you'll get a a, a laugh out of it i promise and now but, you're yeah. responsible for a whole person congratulations I am. I, so as a neonate <laughs> i have a child oh um i'm also Dangerous. the deputy to the sheriff and <laughs> sheriff's deputy with a child that is yes, not the place you want to be <laughs> and I, I i think i i i'm the whip now for clan tordor oh wow and this is my third <laughs> nice oh i also called out basically as a level one character will call me level one character mm -hmm. a level 12 character on my podcast so i'm in the limelight really really they're gonna listen to this because the people listen and they're gonna they're left. Yeah, he's an idiot. Yeah, he, he, he. nice. That uh, is so awesome. It's it's so much fun. Uh, but we did not come here to talk about vampires tonight. We came here to talk about this amazing RPG that you are a part of. Um, and here's the thing: what I like about it, uh, the number one thing that attracted me to this when, when I saw up on Facebook, because that's how I found out you were doing this was on Facebook. And I saw this and I go, an plastic army men 
is such a classic it's such a relatable nostalgic childhood item uh that everybody has a story as a kid with i mean kev you're not even remotely nerdy i mean you're getting nerdier but i I imagine you had plethora of the plastic army men lying around they came in buckets i think was the uh, the standard and i still step on them from my kids who are just laying around here and there (laughs) but it's 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 something that every person has had this this relationship with and we've created these stories as kids and you know blown them up with firecrackers or cherry bombs or whatever you know lighters magnifying glass we or maybe i'm just a sociopath who knows you're um, sick i mean it's a possibility but it, we have these fun adventures and you guys have taken that childhood memory that childhood nostalgia and you've combined it with you know an rpg and made this really neat game uh you know, I, I I don't feel like I could tell anything else about it. So I'm going to, you know, hand the mantle over to you. Like, how did you guys come up with this? Yeah, um, this idea was uh, it was created by Neil Litherland, and he's the brainchild, the main writer behind this thing. And incidentally, he actually pitched it to a different company first. Mm-hmm. They produced about 85 percent of the book with him mm-hmm. and then said, hey, we can't we can't do this like we don't have the uh, the the ability to help you finish this game right um and neil had actually told me about it like four years ago now and said hey i'm working on this thing and it's about army men as a a tabletop rpg and i immediately was like that is amazing that's the best (laughs) idea ever and then he's like yeah i'm working with his other company and i was like god dang it why (laughs) but he came back um about a year and a half ago now and said, dude, um, everything fell, fell apart with the other company. You know, they're fine. You know, they're good folks, but um, they couldn't help me finish this game. Hmm. Would high level games like to help me finish this? And I said, yes, a hundred percent. I don't care what it will take. I will get this game out to market Hmm. because of all the reasons that you said, I immediately looked at this without even seeing a single word of the game. And I said, tabletop RPG, army men, sells. Yes. Right? It Absolutely. Was, it was an underpants gnome type of situation where I was like, <laughs> I don't know what the middle bit is, but profits at the end. Right? <laughs> yes. I- <laughs> and for us, for high level games, like our whole mission is helping small creators who have like, either a full game or like a good idea, get that out, right? Mm. We've worked with a, a couple of people. We worked with a, a longtime friend of mine, Justin Weaver, to produce his game Snowhaven, which is a 5e D&D setting. We called that Snowpunk because it's kind of like a dark, gritty, like snow world. It's a lot like Frosthaven um, or somewhere, something like that um, from mm-hmm. the board game or video game yeah. space. But like, it's just slightly steampunky. And I was like, this is going to be cool. We helped him get that out of the market, right? Nice. Army Men's like a similar thing where we got this great idea and it's, let me really pitch it because, okay, please, you are plastic army men in a world of plastic things, except for the uh, vegetation of the world. That is the only thing that is a real physical thing, like the plants are the only real physical things that you would interact with. These plastic people live in this world where there are plastic animals and plastic um, things out there in the wilderness, right? 
And these plastic nations have been fighting each other for who knows how long, right? And only recently have they worked out a peace because there is a much greater threat of these things called Vespoids, which is a generic term for the gigantic bug plastic things that you would buy from the dollar store, right? <laughs> that are attacking the Plastos Federation. Plastos Federation being this group of all of these nations of uh, the various resins who are working together and resins being, you know, the blue army men and the green army men and the gray army men who are like, we need to put our shit aside and deal with these gigantic bug things that are attacking us. And so that's the really like, there's a socio-political complicated backstory to this. Hey, you're just playing plastic army men. And you could either play it straight and serious and have real solid discussions about war and what does it mean to be a soldier in this in this world where you're where almost everybody's in the military, right? There's some civilians, but they're the minority, right? And it's this, and why are we at war? What is this war even about, right? You can do that. Or you can play, this is a fun, silly, plastic army man in someone's backyard running over the baseball or whatever, you know, objects that you have in the yard and telling a story. You can totally do either of those with the way this system is designed. And to me, that's the coolest part where you can go either cool, fun, one-shot game or, wow, this is a really deep chronicle that you could do serious transformational work with for people. I am going through so many things in my head right now because I, I love both sides of this because in my mind, I'm like, okay, well, there's the the desert camo looking army men. You know, yep. what is their lore? What is their background? What is their ge geopolitical beliefs? What is you know? How did they come about there? How 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 does the, are they not to get too political? Are they a capitalist? Are they you know communist? What is their government status? And then there's the blue, and then there's the green, and you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm like, wow, that's really cool. We could have this advanced, intricate system. And on the other side, I'm imagining. Just, just thinking like I could quite literally take anything in my house or anything from my kids and throw it onto a table and this just became terrain. And yep. it's not even like me being cheap terrain. It's this is canon. This is like actually part of the game and it's set in there. And I then I go to the like I'm going straight to I'm showing my age here. Honey, I shrunk the kids. Yeah, like yeah. that's going through my head as well. And I'm just like, man, I can imagine my little green army man, dude going on a scouting mission and then just a colony of ants just goes through and I, I i'm giddy i'm excited i thoroughly am excited about this because it's it sounds nostalgically fun it truly does so i'm feeling uh affordable warhammer 40k you can so, buy thousands <laughs> of troops for tens of dollars instead right. of what do you, you have thousands of dollars in one army steve so what warhammer 10 you know that's it <laughs> exactly <laughs> it, it's funny i was actually looking at um it, what if we included a pack of army men in mm -hmm. each pledge what that would cost and i can get three thousand army men on amazon for really cheap 
like for under $300 cheap, 3000 of the dudes. And I'm like, all right. And then if I put five in a pledge and the only reason we decided not to do it is because uh. of the logistics of packing and unpacking all those packs of army men. <laughs> but it's, it's such an easy way to be like, all right, cool. Here's my miniatures. Right. Like it, it just, it makes it so easy to sit down and play a tactical RPG. Right. And I think that's super cool and super easy to do. Okay, so let's let, let's kind of break down this game a little bit here. Uh, what is the average time length of a game looking like? Um, so it's a tabletop RPG. So this mm. is the thing, right? Like a, an RPG can run for as short or as long as you really want it to, right? I've mm. run successful sessions within 90 minutes. I've run successful sessions over 12 hours before, right? It all depends on the group, what they're comfortable with. And this particular game, it's it is it's 5e based and 5e of the world's oldest role-playing game, blah, 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 right? <laughs> it's a D20 system that's easy to learn. Um, but I and I want to talk about the system in a bit, but like it's as deep as you want to go with it. You could really mm. eat, you could run like a 90-minute short mission where you're like, here's your objective, you're the soldiers, plan it out, go do the thing, right? Take your objective, go home. Or you can have a story that's like, okay, like we did our objective and now here we're back at camp and maybe I need to go to the PX, the, the post exchange and like buy things and interact with this civilian girl that I've sort of got a thing for. And like, there's, it sounds ridiculous, but you can do all of that nuance with like these plastic people and like, man, it, it, she's, she's a tan and as different resins, like, what does that mean? And uh, honestly, like a lot of that subtext is built in intentionally for us to be able to say, look, people, you can have real serious conversations about race and things like that in a fun plastic army men game, or you can just play fun plastic army men. Mm -hmm. I, I love that. Um, now you described it on the individual level. What does the, the average, I don't want to say unit wise, but like, what is the average size, you know, game going to look like? Are you, is it going to be me and five of my friends playing each playing individual or are we playing, you know, each playing like 10 characters? No, you're, it's designed as a kind of a standard tactical RPG, right? So mm -hmm. like picture Dungeons and Dragons where you've got yeah. five to seven players, right? And you've got one GM mm -hmm. um, who, who's running the thing. And like, that's a squad, mm -hmm. right? You're a squad of soldiers who have a very specific mission, maybe within the bigger war. So maybe there's like a whole like front on the war where you're going out. But because most of the, the conflict right now is with these Vespoids, it's less of a traditional military conflict where you would have large um, lines of soldiers and doing the sorts of like World War One, World War Two era, like fighting and much more like Vietnam, where you've got like a squad or a group of people who are going in, have a specific mission, deal with that, or even like the Afghanistan, Iraq, like conflicts. Um, I, I'm, I could go into a long diatribe about that, but like <laughs> you're doing smaller group, like squad uh, infiltrations and missions and places basically. So the standard five to seven people, like you're going to do pretty well there. Nice. Uh, now you were saying you wanted to get into the mechanics of it and everything like, please enlighten us. Good, sir. Yeah. So uh, like I mentioned, it's a D20 system. What I really like is that Neil gave us a system that looks at things like guns which usually break D20, right? Like mm -hmm. 
I uh, very rarely played anything D20 that I played uh, with any firearms that didn't feel broken, right? Mm. And he's uh, made it so it feels very balanced with everything. Um, the firearms feel powerful, but not overpowered to the system. Um, the mechanics work really well. And you get to choose, um, instead of a character class, you have a cast, um, which, it, you know, the the mold that you were made from, right? So you've got the grenadier, the guy with the grenade. You've got um, a medic. Um, you've got a tactician. A tactician kind of being like your leader, um, NCO sergeant type person and or a, uh, an officer. Um, you've got a grunt who's just your guy with the gun, right? But the guy with the gun, the grunt can have a subclass that lets him be a sniper. Um, the grenadier can have a, a, a subclass that lets them be a mortar expert, right? You get the, to be the army man with a little mortar thing. All of that stuff is built into those different casts that you can be. And hmm. you can really, um, there's a there's a whole psyops angle for one of the casts that you can be. So you can um, play with some of those elements where you're like, okay, I, here I am like interacting with characters on the field and have to affect their morale. Morale being one of my favorite elements of the mechanics where Neil wrote up this system where you go from um, plus one to negative four morale where the lower your morale goes because combat's going badly, the harder things are both internally and externally, right? Mm -hmm. But if things are going well, you can go bump up to that plus one morale and suddenly you're shooting on target really well. Everyone's excited. You feel like you're going to take the hill, right? All of that sort of energy is built into that morale system. And honestly, I have to thank the guys at Tabletop Journeys, um, Evil Josh and Lewanika and them. <laughs> For suggesting, because originally we just had negative morale, and they're mm. like, "What if you had some positive morale?" And I was Absolutely. like, "Neil, positive morale right now." <laughs> and he wrote it up within like a, an hour because he Absol was like, "Oh yeah, that's a great idea, right?" Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, now, now, how forgiving of a RPG is this for the GM slash storyteller? Is it is it very forgiving, very flexible? Like, you know, D&D &D is a super up to the GM, or is it more linear and I don't want to say strict, but like Aliens and Call of Cthulhu and on that side? It, it It's built on the D&D &D engine, right? Okay. So it feels, it's got the flexibility of that. We've just added a couple of layers to help, right? Mm. It's a tactical game. So we've added a few more rules around cover and concealment, right? We've added a, for, a few more real rules around movement uh, in certain terrain and things like that, but you don't have to use them. Mm. You can throw all that stuff out, right? You could pretty much run it with just a D20 and you'd be good. You could run the whole game that way, basically. Um, you might have some issues when you're getting into damage, but other than that, like you'd be good. Uh, and just those things are there to deepen it depending on how tactical you want to get. Mm. But if you just want to tell stories in this world with plastic people, um, as a GM, you have a lot of flexibility to do that. And it's as much as I love some games like um, like 2D20 games where those have very intricate mechanics that are all really tightly wound into each other. It, it's a D20 game you can take and add and, and subtract really easily and nothing big breaks from that. That's awesome. Um, now, when you were building your, your casts, uh, 
I go both ways with this th this question because it's in reality nothing is truly balanced when it comes to you know a <laughs> character versus another you know what yes. i'm getting at yep. here did, yep. did you did you guys try to make everybody balance as much as possible or you were like well you know what things go boom with explosives so sorry you know he's just going to be a little bit more of a tank uh, so neil i think is a mechanical genius for a system he says he doesn't love right um because he, he he comes out of the 3.0 Pathfinder air like space. Okay. Um, and so for him, there's a mix of that, right? We're like, okay, it's got to be balanced because you have like 30 million classes to choose from. But also 5e works a little bit differently. Yeah. And the amazing thing is I feel like playing this, every single one of these classes is equal to each other in in all the ways that matter right like mm. you as a grunt are going to be good at the things that you're good at but you as the medic are still valuable in combat right you as the medic are still not just useful but skilled like you're there and you're you're a soldier on the field who knows what they're doing and gets it done and every single one of the casts feels like that where it's like yeah, me as the grenadier or like me as the the grunt who takes the trench fighter um, subclass, I'm good at this. When we're in these situations, I, I, I am on par with the tactician and all the things that he's going to help us do, right? You're like, my day has come. I've got this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um because you guys are just sitting this game out like this is this is the kickstarter this is and we you know we'll we'll put that out there and, and you know so you can the listeners can subscribe up and listen for when it's coming out um you know this is the first book you you've got the uh your your initial enemies um is the game going to be flexible so let's say you know what i'm feeling froggy i see my son's tyrannosaurus rex toy standing there uh, I want to put this in. So I want to talk about T-Rexes for a second. <laughs> so one of the things that we did early on when we were, were, were finishing this, right? When, when mm -hmm. Neil came to me with it, 85%, he said, uh, I need to figure out how to, uh, how to do this. Uh, it's built off the PHB, right? Just tell people to get a PHB. And I'm like, no, man, this has to be a complete game. So. Let's take the elements of the SRD, and this is before the OGL stuff with Watsi, mm. right? Let's take the SRD, we'll pull the elements from the S SRD, we'll adjust some of them, and we'll make it work, right? Mm. The coolest thing about the SRD and the current Community Commons version of the OGL is that animals are in there, and dinosaurs are in there. So one of the big things that we pulled out immediately was like, okay, all the T-Rex, the Triceratops, the Stegosaurus, all of this stuff that's in the community content space, or not community content, but creative common space, boom, there's your plastic dinosaurs <laughs> in this game. We made a couple of minor adjustments, but le legitimately, if any animal plastic figure or dinosaur, it's probably going to be in there for you to grab. I mean, you can't not do army men versus dinosaurs. Let's be yep. realistic here. <laughs> there is not a person, man, child, kid out there that hasn't fought a dinosaur. But I was just like, man, I'm curious. And of course, dinosaurs is immediately where I would personally go because, you know, I'm a giant man child. 
but you know it fits it does it really does um what were some of the most difficult things you guys had to come up with or like tried to get around when making this because this is you're talking about like your the guns and everything like was there it was that it or is there something more firearms is really the part that i was worried about uh. when when i first read it i was like i don't know if that's gonna work right because like d20 modern was fine i loved that game i played the heck out of it back in the day but guns never felt fun to me in that system and i don't know if it's by v being better for it or neil being a genius but the play that i've done with the the uh, firearms in this feels like playing army men mm -hmm. it feels authentic to a military experience and it feels balanced all internally to each other right like against DD, &D, maybe it would have some issues if you were bringing fantasy like classes into it but don't right like don't do that with that this game that's not really what it's designed for but we do have plans for a potential expansion into what if you bring in your DD miniatures on the table and what would that look like in that sort of world of suddenly there were these other plastic people from other places that you were interacting with speaking of bringing that stuff in uh i don't know how much of a tiktoker you are a bit um our good friend thomas sent this to me but it was what if a who would win between an adult red dragon versus an f-16 oh wow. and this this guy did the mathematical like he did all the math and broke it down um to the point where i was extremely disappointed in fantasy because the the dude the dragon didn't even stand a chance yeah uh he broke it down to like i think like one stick of dynamite does you know so much damage and how many sticks of dynamite were being like one of the smaller bombs and even if it was able to dodge 50 percent of it it was still doing like 350 points of damage which was like two miles away so the dragon never stood a chance yeah. and like the flying speed of a dragon is like nine miles an hour versus the you know Mach 2 Mach 3 just on an easy date and I was like oh so I I wish you the best of luck on those mechanics if you decide to start getting more <laughs> intricate with your your expansion here uh but you know let's let's talk about the Kickstarter uh you know what's going all into this uh this initial kickstarter sure so we're actually keeping this very simple right okay you can either pledge for the pdf you can pledge for a physical book you can be a retailer and get a bunch of books mm -hmm. you can get me to run a game of it for you those are the tiers pretty mm -hmm. much right those are the basic tiers we have a stretch goal of um, of a, a certain amount, about $10,000, I think, where we're going to add a set of dice that you can add as an add-on that are going to be army green with the army yellow on there. So, you know, you can feel like you're in the army spirit by doing that. Um, but the coolest stretch goal um, is when we hit, a, uh, I think it's about $15,000, we're going to offer an ammo can, a real ammo can that you can put your book in 
and your dice and throw in as many army men as you would like oh to. Oh my god. Yes. Um, and that's going to be a very limited tier uh, because we can only get our hands on a certain amount of those. So mm. Probably about 50 of them. Okay. Um, but that's going to be like that's going to be the big coup de gras. And honestly, that's it. We're not doing any expansion books from this Kickstarter or anything like that. Okay. Because we want to keep it focused, right? We don't want to oversell ourselves. Mm. But if this does well, our hope is that it sets up Neil to be able to write more, to see that there's interest and excitement about it, to write more, to provide some expansions. And then we go to Kickstarter with those and we do something similar. We're like, all right, cool. Here's the first expansion for Army Man. It's going to be maybe uh, focused on spies and things like that. Maybe it's going to be what's happening in the civilian element a little bit. Um, maybe it's going to have hints at some of those fantasy elements and then we're going to look at doing other supplements based on people's feedback too if people are like hey i'd really love to see something about x y and z cool we'll dig into that we'll look into that um neil already does an awesome like sets of series of 100 things in xyz place right um, and he does a lot of those for community content places and i'm like neil you could easily do a hundred like civilians that you meet in the world of army man and things like that that are easy for him to do that will create content and interest and elements to expand the world. Um, so our focus for the Kickstarter, stay focused, hit our goal, kill that goal, like get, you know, even more people on board, um, print as many books as we can, um, and then create a community of people that are excited about it to see what other um, things we can add to it. Well, as a Navy vet, I want you to implement plastic boats for the Navy to come help <laughs> yes. out the, the army. Uh, th this is a must. It, it, it will be a deal breaker, Josh. I'm letting you know. No, you um, no expansions yet. All right. Patience. <laughs> no, no, but so vehicles, vehicles are not, I will say this. I will disappoint people a tiny bit to say vehicles are not present in the game right now. It okay. is just squad based, right? So mm -hmm. you do have some uh, artillery and things like that that are uh, that you have as elements, but there are no tanks, there are no helicopters or anything like that in the system yet, okay. because that is one of the uh, supplements that we want to create is a whole vehicular um, system, and in there we're going to have some naval stuff and things like that because. Having that exist as kind of its own thing allows us to make sure some of that's balanced after we get like a good set of okay this is no, that, it, that makes sense it, it really does because that is a whole different beast in itself yes. and i yes. yeah i can absolutely see that being troublesome and you know what if if the players really want to bring in a, a huey or a, a jeep i'm sure they can implement it themselves most of us who are sure. gms dms that we, we bs most of the stuff anyway so why not just you know uh before we like kind of wrap this up, uh, I want to know, you know, because you've done some testing with the system, you've been yep. beta testing it. What yep. has been one of your personal favorite things? And do you have a favorite cast? Oh, um, I think that is so hard. Um, <laughs> the tabletop journey guys asked me the same question. And honestly, I just kind of grabbed something. Um, I think ordinance was my favorite class to play okay so far um being able to um do things like shape charges 
and and stuff like that um they also you know um there's a there's a whole subclass heat uh, which is high explosive anti-tank weapons uh-huh. so you get all of the different rocket launchers and mortars and stuff like that by going that subclass that was fun right they are cool there's lots of neat things you can do with them Absolutely. um i personally like if I were put to put myself in the world, I'd probably play a tactician. That would be the like the character I would play. But um, there's just some; they're all cool. Like I, I really, honestly think every one of these casts is awesome. Okay, I'm, I think I'm going to pick the minesweeper just because okay. nobody. I feel like nobody else is going to pick him. What's <laughs> like he was always the one in the back. Like yeah, you got to go up front and if you for the one few things and the rest of the time you're in the back so you know that that's who i'll play my um, eod friends like you for saying that <laughs> <laughs> represent um josh thank you so much for being on the show tonight uh this has truly been a pleasure uh where can people go ahead and and find you for you know to subscribe to this and get ready to prepare for the kickstarter the launch sure so um this uh, army man is on kickstarter at um, kickstarter.com slash project slash high level games slash army men hopefully the link will be in the show notes for anyone that wants to to click on it because that will be easier for you um but uh it you can also go to highlevelgames.ca um it's a canadian company i'm sorry um and you will be able to see some information on army men very soon we don't have the article up soon uh, yet but we will very soon uh, with a link to that. And um, other than that, you can go to high level games on Facebook or um, Mastodon. We're on Mastodon. Uh, we are also on Instagram and you can find us there. I'm explicitly avoiding the blue check mark place because we don't really go there very often anymore. Not much anymore. I can't imagine why. Yeah. Um, but we do want people to come over there and check you out and go look at everything else you guys have, because you do offer a lot of the other RPGs. Um, so, Josh, thank you so much for being on the show tonight. Uh, Kevin, thank you for being present with me tonight. Enjoy, and just Hi, I'm still here. <laughs> um, so let's go ahead and let's wrap this up. As always, please like, subscribe, and follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you are listening to us on Apple or Spotify, please remember to rate and review. We're also on Instagram and Facebook, so please like and subscribe us at DNA Pod. Uh, or on our webpage, nerddnapod.com. My name is Steve Pugh. I have been your humble host into this very exciting, very enjoyable uh, RPG that is coming out on Kickstarter with the the wonderful, the impeccable, the just ever so humbling Joshua Heath and my good silent friend, Kevin. Uh, Thank you guys so much for being on the show tonight. It has been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me. You should say something, Kevin. (laughs) I want to play Ted Assist on the podcast. Oh, yeah. Totally. That's what we need to do. Oh, That'd my God. Awesome. It would be so much fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely down for that. Thank you and good night. <laughs>